A warm welcome again to Industrial Marketing Live. My name is Peyton Warren, and I am a senior strategist at the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, and I am one of your IML hosts. Before we jump into our topic today, I want to kick things off again with a quick FYI and an invitation. Industrial Marketing Summit. You guys have heard about it at this point. If you've been anywhere uh, near Gorilla 76 or um, this this show, it's happening in 12 days. Um, and if you haven't heard about it yet, well, we are partnering with two amazing companies to um, it's True Marketing and Cadena's Part Solutions to host an in-person event in Austin, Texas called the Industrial Marketing Summit. It's happening January 31st through February 2nd. And we would just love to see you there. Um, there are 10 sessions and two in-depth workshops that are going to be happening. It's going to be a great opportunity to learn from practitioners, much like what we do here on IML. Um, some of the folks we have coming to speak, we've got MJ Smith, um, Chris Lukey, John Joyce, Mary Keough, and more. Um, so just Think Industrial Marketing Live on steroids um, with some parties sprinkled in. And uh, the time to register is now. So if you have not yet registered and want to, definitely check out industrialmarketingsummit.com to make it happen. Um, and that's all I've got to say about that. But if you have questions, let us know. So back to our scheduled programming today, we're talking about industrial websites. Everybody, I, I would hope at this point, if you are working in marketing um, and you have made it to 2024, that your company does have a website. <laughs> and uh, I think the way that most uh, industrial companies, manufacturing companies are thinking about their website has started to change over really, um, I mean, the last five years, I think it's even people are getting more and more um willing to think about their website as a tool instead of just a digital brochure. And we wanted to bring on somebody who has been really pushing the envelope with uh, with their website to the show today. So we have Beth Bauer from Fullerton Tool. She's the head of marketing over there. And she's been responsible for managing the company's website uh, for the last eight years, and uh, she's taken it through a lot of change. Uh, and I just think that her wisdom from being in-house and managing that is going to be really valuable to our conversation today. Uh, it's a challenge that I'm sure many of you are um, trying to balance among all of your responsibilities um, in the marketing role. So we're just super excited to jump in. Um, but before I do that, Beth, Hi. Hello. I'm so excited hey. to be back and to be talking about one of my absolute favorite topics, and that's industrial websites. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, no, we're, we're really excited. Uh, I think, uh, I know you work really closely with Aaron on, on uh, several projects, and uh, we were looking at something on the Fullerton Tool website the other day, and I don't know, I ended up on the 404 page. Uh, I think I actually tried to find your 404 page because I had heard a rumor that there was um, like some jokes on the page and I read it and I was laughing to myself in my home office and I just thought, 
this is so cool. Like the level of detail that you've gone into on your website um, is just really, really awesome. And so uh, we were like, we need to talk more to Beth. Like, what is she doing over there? Uh, <laughs> she's got uh, like the energy to like put into a 404 page and make it something mm-hmm. like meaningful. Uh, for her, yeah, it's not always ideal that someone finds the 404 page because that means something is broken. But obviously, like it happens, right? So we want for sure our users, if they're gonna not get where they want to be, at least have something to read that maybe gives them a little, you know, giggle or laugh for the day and leaves them with a happy thought. For sure, for sure, yeah, and um. I know that uh, you and Aaron have talked a lot too, so I'll, I'll let Aaron jump in here too. But uh, I, I think it would be gr- great to just give folks a little bit of context. Like eight years is a long time um, to to really be anywhere if you're looking at my resume. Um, but uh, I think that uh, I just like to hear, like, you know, where did you where did you start whenever you got to Fortune Tool eight years ago? Like, what was your role? Um, and how did the website come to be something that you became part of? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so I joined Fullerton about eight years ago. And when I first joined Fullerton, actually the website wasn't even under like marketing's realm. It was something that our IT team had managed and built. And it was very much, it was very utilitarian, right? Like it had a lot of great available resources for our distributors. So here at Fullerton, we sell through distribution. But all their manufacturers are the people who are actually utilizing our products to make their products, whether it's like consumer goods, parts that you're going to find in your computers, you know, like on your desk, your cars, that kind of stuff. Um, So when I joined, it was very much like, here's some nice little resources to help our distributors, like find out some facts and stuff, like check stock and availability and that kind of stuff um, on our website. But finally, like once I got my hands on the website, convinced everyone that it should be a marketing function as well. We took those like core tools and really it's been a never ending expansion, essentially. Like it's constantly like we're reworking it to be something where it's better and more inclusive and just user friendly. And we've also like taken a different approach on the website so that it's a great marketing resource for anyone. So whether they're a first-time visitor hitting the site and know nothing about Fullerton or products, it gives them a good idea of who they like, who we are, what we do, what we offer, and how we're going to support them, as well as the way we structure like all of our really like expansive resources is always first. How can we use this internally? So we're streamlining our processes with our customer interfacing team, so customer service, quoting engineering so that they can provide consistent responses to our customers so whether like no matter who they contact they're going to get the same pricing no matter like who they're talking to within a team but then also how is that going to work for a distributor so they don't have to even manually contact us and then also how can it work and be applicable for an end user as well so we're trying to always factor in those three different type of users for anything that we create on the site yeah, and one thing too, I just saw a question, Jared. We had yeah. one thing that's unique with us too is we do have an in-house developer, so that changes everything. Like we're not outsourcing everything; pretty much anything's a possibility when we have like in-house development. And Beth, I think 
uh, your developers on the call today. I think I see Tim here. Um, so I mean, he's going to be upset if you call him out. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I think our other developer too. We just actually hired a new developer a few months ago too, just because our website has been expanding so much. And when we look at our like five-year EOS goals, most of it is website related. Like unilaterally, like our our company believes like our website is our number one sales tool. And so with that, the n- numbers are showing that our customers are utilizing it. And so that has helped us add additional developer to our team as well. So folks have a couple of questions here too that have uh, come up in the chat. Um, and I just want to like ver- verbalize them so that the folks listening afterwards can see. Um, folks are wondering what CMS you guys use. So it's fully customized website. So we're not using CMS. Oh, so it's like all hard coded? All hard coded. Tim. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. So you must work really well with your developer then. Oh yeah, we're besties. Right, Tim? We, we oh yeah, we're we're yeah, we're definitely besties. <laughs> right, ride or die. Wow. Okay, and then um, another question was, um, if you sell, um, are most of your sales online or do you sell through distributors? So we sell through distribution exclusively. Um, So we sell online as well. So essentially, we're not selling to anyone different online. We're just selling through our authorized distribution. But they can, you know, order directly through us online or they can continue to send on send their purchase orders on to like our customer service team. I think last year, 13% of our sales came from like online orders though. So definitely it's shifting where more and more are utilizing our website, which is exactly what we want as well, because there's less risk for user entry errors and just less people that we need on our teams because they're manually doing it themselves. And then it just plugs in directly to our ERP software, so we don't really have to do much. So everyone else, it was I think just as surprised as uh, I I sounded whenever you said that you had uh, uh, <laughs> didn't have a CMS. So uh, could you tell us a little bit more? I don't want to get too in the weeds if this is not something you're prepared to talk about, but like why um, you're not using a CMS and the decision there? You want me to take that one, Beth? Well, I, I feel comfortable too. Like I think okay. I'll start off and if you, if I forgot something, you can <laughs> jump in, Tim. But that is something that we actually had discussed, oh man, maybe five, six years ago. Like we were, talked about doing the front end of the website using like CMS, like WordPress or something. And then like the back end to actually utilize like our resources would be the custom coded. But we have such a, a complex system, I would say, with like the resources that we have with our tool sh- search and our fast quotes that we didn't want to add like any extra like clicks or anything like we really user experience was like our number one goal, having the best user experience. And so to do that, we believe that we needed to have the full custom code throughout the entire site. Is that yeah, right, it- Tim? Yeah, and to give a little bit more context too, like if you're just looking to do a marketing based website, absolutely just use a CMS. This is way overblown and way over technical. If you're just looking for something to be basically a digital flyer, 
to a customer at this point. Um, but what we were finding is it's it's much like the f- philosophy that Gorilla 76 took to being an industrial only marketing agency. That when, when I started looking at this stuff years back, um, I said to myself, these e-commerce solutions, these like home or these uh, out of the box e-commerce solutions are not going to give us the flexibility and the integration that we need with. I mean, I see some people saying like, you know, ERPs, how do we integrate with the to integrate with an ERP system in the way that we wanted to do it? Um, and so, again, to give context, the website quotes half of the tools currently that we quote for Fullerton online. So we built an online system that actually will quote all of our tooling online and it's we dog food it internally. So new onboarding quoters use that kind of stuff. It syncs directly with their ERP system. Um, it can quote all that stuff and then it can go right to a sales order. Standard out-of-the-box e-commerce systems, um, you're either going to have to do some heavy customization, um, which is pretty brittle, um, or you're going to home grow it. And there's as some people are bringing up, you know, well, hope Tim never leaves. That is part of like, you've got to build a longstanding team because obviously when you start to go down this road, there's, you know, there's pros and cons to it, but. And maybe this is a good time to talk a little bit more about like the pros of a CMS too, because here at Gorilla, a lot of the websites we build are run on WordPress. Um, and like Tim said, if you don't have that complex quoting ecosystem, you know, um, he would recommend a CMS. So um, Peyton, Brendan, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about like some of the advantages of using, like why we would recommend WordPress specifically or some of the advantages there. I mean, the first thing is, right, like you don't need to have ongoing development support really, Uh, you know, like actually, you know, maintaining the website. Obviously, like there's like updates and stuff that a developer can go and do but it's not like you know it sounds like tim and beth work very closely together and i think you can have some more standoff if you're built on a cms like you you can kind of do a lot more stuff by yourself without having a ton of like coding training uh within a cms and you know like building out pages and i'm sure like you guys have templates built out where beth can go and put some pages up um but you know cms is just kind of like you can get get your website up a lot faster um you know work with it internally without having a whole lot of development help outside of it. Um, and like, they look like CMS websites look nice. And I think it's really easy to have a hardcore website. The, the Fullerton site, your guys' site looks amazing, but I think there's probably a lot of other fully coded, hard coded websites that aren't to this level of aesthetic that don't really show off the brand. Uh-huh. Whereas like, I think a CMS, you can get into a good design a lot faster. Cause you know, there's a lot of nice looking templates and stuff that you can use. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot more simple to use, I would say. Yeah, I think I would echo uh, about appearance um, because you can set up in a CMS, you can work with a developer, a designer, which is what I think many people who don't have a developer in-house end up doing. Um, they work with another like design firm to decide what do we want our template to look like? What sections of the website do I want to be able to edit? How are these going to react if it's on a full-size screen or a mobile device or a tablet? And all of that uh, is built in to like the hard code that with a CMS, you as a marketer can't break necessarily, um, or you can't break as easy. <laughs> and uh, so then you can go in and kind of manipulate those like sections or like those fields. Um, 
And uh, yeah, but as far as like you want custom everything, uh, you want to be able to change everything all the time, having access to a developer is really great um, for, for that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, but Salim, I see your hand is up and I'm curious. I'm very curious. What what do you have to share with us, Salim? So I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to talk, but uh, when I saw Beth saying that you utilize HubSpot for the blog, now I'm wondering... Has there been any discussion about hosting the the tool side of the website on a on the main domain and hosting the marketing piece on a subdomain using HubSpot CMS or any other CMS? But since you mentioned HubSpot is already there, yeah, I don't think we really have any interest in that at this point in time. Just because we're trying to make our website even more integrated, so that they can easily like look at our specific product type like a um, specific like series of one of our tools and then from there check out the available offering and then build out and customize and off like a tool from there as well so we're really trying to make everything just one cohesive piece where you can essentially add to cart from very from possible points of contact with that in the website yeah, I think the the blog standpoint on like HubSpot is if you're thinking about wanting a more like application-based website, right? You want to tie it more into your ERP system. You can do things, you know, and that's kind of how we started out is for Beth to really quickly be able to uh, unload uh, landing pages for marketing campaigns. We were using HubSpot for that because she could very quickly template out the page, kick it out and and stick it to a social post. Then at the same time, when we were developing FullertonTool.com, if it was a page that really fit the bill and we found out like through social marketing and all that, that it was, man, it was a big win, we would then talk about integrating that. And and part of the problem with the CMS in the sense of like, we have tools, for example, that may guide the user as to what specific series in our product offering that they want to use. We can't take that little snippet of our application on Fullerton and easily stick it inside a CMS all the time because we've got some custom code. So we look that if the, if the HubSpot page is making sense, then Bethel, our workflow is basically Beth mocks everything up in XD. Um, and between us two developers, our workflow, we've got it down so fast that if she designs that typically, like I can kick out a very static page in about an hour to an hour and a half. Um, you know, and then we can really quickly tie in all these very technical bits of the website into that page. And not only is it now a marketing page, but it now gets them directly into our search quoting and all those uh, ERP-based sales funnels. Um, and it really helps because I know a lot of the conversations on IMLs have been like, man, how do we get sales involved? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. S sales doesn't want to change anything of their process. And so we automate so much, so much. of that sales process. Um, and that's, again, the pros and cons, right? To bring them in and to really sell why is digital marketing the new frontier to them? Um, you've got to find ways that you're removing resistance of getting them involved. And so the fact that we can automate so much of that process online really starts to help glue that together. But um, it is a journey. I mean, as Beth said, we've been at this for, for a while. But yeah. anyway, yeah. I, I think that's like the one piece that is just really cool with Fullerton is that one, um, Y'all are investing more. You just hired a second developer in-house. Most um, manufacturing companies probably don't even have like a web developer on their team. Uh, or if they do, it's just somebody who's, you know, 
it's an additional <laughs> marketer additional yeah it's it's a me you know yeah. um yeah. <laughs> and i'm hopeful that you have a word is that a mario joke yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. I love that. Yeah, nice. Uh, so the one thing, I like from a strategic perspective, that I love about your guys' website is I'm always looking for ways. Like, how can I make my company different? Right? How can I be different from my competition? And I, I don't know what you know the the uh, the what do you guys sell drill bits? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I, I call it round cut. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I, there's always so many weird terms that people get like you know pipe or tube or whatever. But anyways. Um, it's tube, damn it. The, yeah. The, the ability for you to like, like, I think, you know, it looks like the ability to like do the e-commerce and do the quoting on the site without having a salesperson. It's probably a huge differentiator for you that your distrib your and I would love to hear like how does your distribution felt about what your site is now and how they're working with it? Like, is it do do they see it as a big differentiator why they go to Fullerton? Um, do is there like and I would be interested to see like how did you bring your customers into the design process to get their feedback on things? Oh yeah, that's one thing with our website. Like we don't even have to ask for feedback from our distribution. They gladly are sending us feedback all the time. Like they love our site. They tell us often that they use Fullerton tools just because we make it so easy for them to check stock, order, do quotes, that kind of stuff. And we definitely include them in our process as well, um, especially when we're launching something new. Like we usually start off by we'll pick a handful of distributors to talk to them to figure out like what mm -hmm. type of issues are they having, like pain points, that kind of stuff, and really figure out how can we develop a process that's going to like make their life easier. And then before we launch anything major, at least, like we usually go through beta testing with a couple of those okay. key distribution partners to so see firsthand, like, is this really working for you? Like what type of changes should we be making? that it's more effective and easier for you to use love that and we're constantly getting emails too tim right like with like hey yeah. when you get a chance can you add this feature to your website so and that was a big one in terms of like yeah in terms of like user lock-in and and just um yeah when they start using that site and then they actually email us and they're like man it would be really cool when i'm viewing this tool if i could see the promise date if it's out of stock that way I know this, or it would be nice if I could see my open quotes and I want it specifically in this way, or I want my open, can you export my open quotes that way I, or my open orders rather that way I can go through with the team and X, Y, Z, we can do all of that. And so when you respond with, yeah, absolutely. And then a week or two later, you launch that feature, they don't go anywhere. I mean, they're yeah. basically like, oh my gosh, nobody else is doing this. Um, but it is, it's a big, big differentiator. Um, we have people that go to other websites now and they're just like, yeah, it is so painful to use everybody else that, hey, I was a geek growing up, man, I, I couldn't play sports. And so like, I knew the only way that I was going to win at everything or at anything was to, you know, to build an awesome website. And so th that to me, when they come back and say, um, you know, yeah, there was a pain point using somebody else's website and I can't believe, you know, you guys do this. That's, that's really where it's at. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I think like the you guys have just constantly been getting um that that feedback from your customers that they appreciate the work that you're putting in. But then also, Beth, you said that this year alone, like you guys have seen some pretty huge gains, like revenue wise from yeah. The yeah, so we launched online ordering so distributors could start ordering online with us of just our standard part. So 
here at Fullerton, we like 50% of our products are standard off the shelf items and the other 50% are like customizable or fully custom products. So they can order, customers can order standard products on our website. Um, so in 2022, like we were at, we had about a million dollars in sales. Um, and then last year in 2023, we hit $2.8 million in sales. So huge jump from the previous year. And it's just been great. And we're really hoping to continue to keep that momentum going, especially as we have plans to bring more options to the website so that they can start ordering some of those altered and customized 24-hour like reamers and saws. Well. And you can attribute that to the website itself too, like to like your e-commerce yep. Yep, exactly. And that's why, I mean, honestly, I think one of the biggest tips is figure out how you can, whether like monetize or what like conversion numbers really mean to your like C-suite owners, whatever, whoever, the people who are making the decisions. Because for us, I feel like the only numbers that really seem to matter to our like executive team is really sales dollars. And once they started to be able to see like, oh, wow this is really working. Like we're having all these sales coming in on the site. That's given us a lot more momentum of like, okay, if you want to keep this going, we have these plans and ideas of what we can do to get us, you know, more money coming in from the site. But we're going to need a bigger team, not only to support and maintain the site, but to continue to work on these other larger projects as well. That's really impressive. I, I, Mary asked a question in the chat and Mary, feel free to, um, to ask it yourself if you'd like. Um, but she's asking about the, uh, and add some color here, but asking about the process of taking the hands-on human work out of quoting, what that was like for you guys, how you like peeled back the layers. And cause now not only do you have like a quoting tool on your website, I guess I'll, I'll I'll stop trying to tell your story. I I would like for, for to hear from y'all. Like, what was that process like? Yeah, so I mean, we could do a whole IML on on this. I'm probably gonna do a whole <laughs> podcast on this, but and, and it's a good one because uh, it's it's basically the question. It's like, how do you start to unpack your manufacturing processes and then bring that online, right? And uh, so that's what's important, I think, is to have. Um, what you guys do as marketing agencies is great from the, the customer kind of into the system. And then I think that's really where if you can find a developer or uh, almost like a technical liaison that then can bridge between getting it into the system and then to the manufacturing process, that's where we started. And that's really where I came in. Um, and so to it goes down a rabbit hole, but yeah, it was really first understanding for us because we build tooling. Um, what does it actually take when we, we bring in a carbide blank, right? And I needed to understand how many carbide blanks did we have? Um, what were those costs involved and everything? And so that was the first part of the process. And then it's like, okay, when we put a, uh, a radius, basically we take and we round off those edges of that tool. Um, you know, what is that cost involved? And so we started to model all this. I basically sat down with quoting and sat down um, with engineering and said, tell me how you manually quote this thing today. And sometimes, you know, you can map that across many different of your products. Um, other times, like our series can be very, very different. So there was different modeling done for every one of those series potentially. Um, but it's getting in front of those teams and saying, 
Um, you know, when we did online ordering, it was sitting down with the customer service team and saying, give me all of your exceptions. You know, if this customer calls in, what happens? It, does that happen with every customer? Um, and the more exceptions you have, the more programming and, and modeling and stuff like that you're going to have to do. But the bottom line now is with all that, and, I'm, you know, again, we could go much deeper. And if you want to go deeper, we can. Um, but that's kind of like the surface level of, of what you've got to do. Um, but now when a, a new a new employee can start in quoting today, and as long as they know our series numbers, they can start quoting now. And so it is a lot of, it's, it's a lot of work up front, but it pays dividends because what are we running into in manufacturing and across, you know, the U S is, you know, shortages. You can't, how do you train people? How do you bring people in? Um, and so now we've taken the complexity out of somebody that had, was a very specialized quoter and now anyone can do those base tests. So now the quoters are just focused on the very, very, very hard stuff. And they're not getting bogged down with the, hey, I just want to quit, put a quick radius on this tool. What's it going to cost me? They can do it themselves if they want to. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think about the level of like trust and credibility you've built with like the website when you have a quoting tool that not only your sales team uses, but your distributors use and they get the same number. You know, or like it, it's, and it's like an accurate number. Yeah. That's yeah. really huge. We had that <laughs> too, because you could, hate to say, you could talk to one quarter and get a different price and talk to another quarter and get a completely different price in the same tool, because maybe they went about that quoting process a little bit different. So uniformity and consistency is another one where this really helps out. But I mean, Clint is bringing up, you know, we fought that a lot where Clint said, as a salesperson, I feel like you're trying to replace me. Uh, we fought that because there was, there's a lot of customer service and quotas where it's just like, I'm out of a job. And it's like, no, 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 no. All I, at this, at this point, all I want to do is take away <laughs> the, the, the crap. I want to take away the crap that you, like, you're looking at it and going, oh my gosh, like, here's another one of these like little ones that, yes, it takes me five minutes or 10 minutes to quote, but I've got 10 of these to do. And I've got this really complex one that I want to get to. I want to take, I want to get rid of all the boring stuff. And because I can't take away all of the true technical knowledge and the years of experience. And I, I really can't, I'm not blowing smoke. You can't take that away. I can't put that uh, in a model and, and do that. And so there's, we want you guys out there selling the, the difficult stuff and, and we'll help remove all the, the BS. So it's really awesome. Aaron, where should we take this conversation? I feel like there's so many ways. It's gone so many wonderful places. I'm curious. Um, one thing we talked about when we were prepping for this call, Beth, is like where you look for inspiration. And I guess I would pose that question to Tim too. Like, where do you get ideas for how to improve the website? Are you using special tools, looking at other websites for inspiration? Yeah, for me, like I'm not, I typically just use other websites for inspiration for the most part. I don't find much, much anything that really inspires me, like in the industrial side of things. But usually what inspires me the most is, you know, just going to those large companies that have the best user experiences um, and sort of seeing how we can replicate something similar and how it would work for us. Because I think like our main goal essentially is just how can we have like the best user experience and then too, like we want FullertonTool.com to be essentially an epicenter of all things Fullerton so that they can, you know, like place an order, they can do quotes, they can do a return. 
all of that without having to contact someone if they don't want to. But obviously, like, if they want to contact us, they definitely can regardless because that's what our customer service team is here for as well. Yeah, I, I agree a lot with that. Like Beth was saying, um, you know, I had one where zero shoes. I was buying their basically a flat-footed shoe and I was buying online and I remember I made my second purchase and just the email was tailored to, wow, you made another purchase with us. Thank you so much. And then eventually I made a third one and they're like, a third purchase. And I'm like, they have built the automation into their emailing campaign to know how many orders I've placed and they're tailoring <laughs> these based on that. I love wow moments. You know, mm -hmm. I, I live for those. That's what, that's what we want to build online. And so when it's just stuff that's out of the ordinary that you're just like, again, that the craftsmanship of the 404 page, right? Mm -hmm. You're bringing up our 404. Even, that, yeah. even our, when you place an order, confetti shoots out. We removed, we had done an update yeah. and we removed the confetti. The number of emails we received about where has the confetti gone? I was like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. We'll get that confetti right back up on your place order page. That confetti so. supply chain's rough, man. It, it is uh, <laughs> It is tough. The costs involved of bringing that back was mm -hmm. monstrous. But we went to our uh, president and he said, you know, put it back there. You know, spare no. <laughs> yeah, we can. Ex yes. <laughs> so, but Mary put in chat. I mean, I love a chance to delight. That's what it's about is. And, mm -hmm. and if you can get to that level in your marketing and your you know, website, the snowball just starts to happen um, because then we start to get in uh, inspiration from we get emails all the time on because they know we can do it. Can you add this feature? Man, this would be great. And you just really get inspiration from the snowball that starts to happen because customers start to take ownership of the site, too, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Did you? Oh, sorry, Brendan, go yeah, ahead. So I just maybe a little bit back on the on the CMS, like the build question. Did you guys ever consider using like a Shopify or anything to help support the e-commerce side of things? Um, you know, because that'd probably be a little easier to get going outside out of the box, right? So I, I'd love to hear both of your opinions on on using that. And I was just trying to think like a full like hardcore website is probably not the right answer for a lot of people on this call. So um, like mm -hmm. like especially like Tim, when do you think that there would be that jump up from like using you know, WordPress with Shopify attached to it versus like, let's go full bore on this thing and do a completely custom website. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I, I mean, I, I'll put it in the context of like, if you're selling brooms with different colored handles, then Shopify is for you. If, if your product line is, is generally pretty simple, where we really couldn't go down that road is it's like these tools are so complex. Some people care about, um, you know, you're talking about cutting width, shank uh, width and diameters, um, mm -hmm. you know, material machined and all that kind of stuff to to model that. And then ultimately then to want to do automatic quoting to that didn't fit the bill. Um, so that's not where you want to go. Um, and it's it's certainly a good idea, too, of like, yeah, if you're just looking for low resistance and your product line is pretty simple, um, I, I would I would suggest to go down that road. Uh, sure. Shopify. Yep. So, so to me, it kind of sounds like with a complex part, you're either like kind of like going, you know, a basic website where it's like, just contact us and we'll build a quote out for you, like with a, you know, a salesperson or, or somebody that does quoting, or we have to go this route like you guys went down and like, just do a huge website. It's like kind of the, the two options with a <laughs> more customized approach, right? Yeah. 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 Beth, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree too. And I mean, probably like we're also talking about like our standard offering. We have easily 10,000 parts. Yeah. And so 
everything like we're just very much in a technical field where every little like detail matters and so for us it just doesn't make sense but i feel like for a lot of people it very much would and that's something they can easily manage on their own versus needing like a whole team to support it and i think joel just brought up a good point in the chat he said our products are heavily customized but the view from sales is that we need to be involved in the conversation to help guide people um, and I think that's very common in industrial too, is you have a consultative sales process and e-commerce like might not even make sense for you. Um, did that come up at all, uh, Beth and, and Tim, when you were moving to more e-commerce solutions? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, we're trying to essentially create tools so that one, like our customer service team who might not know like what specific series to recommend can go to the website and when they're on the phone with someone, provide a recommendation. But then as well, they can just go to the website and utilize those tools as well. So like if a customer comes to us and says like they know what material they're machining in and they know like what type of tool path they're taking, like they can utilize our tool on the website and we're going to tell them like the best tool for their usage and then also some other options as well that would be applicable to their application but I think there's still those inner you know like interactions where you need to like talk to someone and that's also tying back to our website is where even if the salesperson can't be there to talk to them right then and there we do have our live chat available um during our business hours and like our engineering team is on our live chat as well so if it's something where, you know, like want to talk to someone right now and it's something where our customer service or quoting team can't handle, they can pass it off to our engineering team and then they can come in and help with that as well. Because oftentimes, like they're also receiving, like, I'm not really sure what I should be running this tool at because it's very technical and like speeds and feeds and all that stuff, which we also do have a speed and feed calculator on our website to help guide, give them some guidelines for that as well. But there's still that human element there as well. Yeah, and and I'll add a little bit to that too because I mean Joel brings up a good point of we we absolutely like Beth was saying we absolutely ran into that and to add to what Beth was saying we started to build things into the sales process online that if things got too technical then it forwards them off to a salesperson right then we have a flow that basically gets shipped off to somebody so they can take a look at it so like in quoting for example. Quoting is currently a box that if it fill, if it fits within this box, we'll auto-quote it for you. Um, if certain parameters are hit that we can't, then we absolutely get you in touch um, with somebody in the sales team because, again, that's that's where I'm saying we're not replacing. It's like this is outside of the scope of this. You know, somebody more technical with a heck of a lot more expertise than we can put online needs to get in touch with you. So that's also the benefit is, you know, we can get you to a point of automatically putting the sale into our ERP system. But now we can program in that, hey, if you've hit a certain level, um, we know what distributor uh, you're, because end users can use the site too. We know what distributor you're attached to. Uh, we know what rep that distributor is attached to. So we can get everyone in the sales chain involved if that customer has an issue. They just click a button where basically, I'm at a roadblock, website can't help me anymore, and it kicks off and, and now the sales team picks it up. Very interesting. So... I mean, how how do y'all handle just like, and maybe we don't have time to talk about like ongoing maintenance, but I guess maybe to, to round out the show, what would you say are like some common pitfalls that you would 
caution folks of um what what should folks avoid when they start going down this like path of um maybe changing their website or um just updating things in general i would think for me one thing that i learned along the way is just really like what's your purpose with the page like what's your end goal like don't have so many possible actions that they could take just have one clear like vision so that they take the path that you want them to take and also like another thing i learned throughout our years here too is we used to have a lot of stuff hidden behind a login and and we always thought like that's the right like that's the right decision like these tools are amazing and we want people we want to be able to capture people like you know like email so we can market to them and all of that you know jazz um but the reality is we're like we're losing out um prospective people even knowing about how amazing some of these tools are so we moved all of these great resources in front of the login so you don't need to log in unless you can log in and you can see exactly what your discounted price would be since we're dealing with authorized distributors and they all have their different discount rates um and just our numbers skyrocketed in the conversion rates for utilizing these tools because like there was nothing keeping preventing them from you know like actually utilizing them yeah i the best point do not redesign a website just for the sake that you think it looks like crap because i've seen some really crappy looking websites that convert like crazy um it's crappy looking yeah. <laughs> right and it's it, it being, yeah exactly and and it's like sometimes you just don't need to sometimes it's that you're not offering the correct process to the to the customer it has nothing to do with the look it's just they get there and are like Okay, what am I supposed to do? So understand what problem you're trying to solve before you go down any of these paths. And, you know, we could, uh, all of the people at the Fullerton team could eat humble pie. If you look all the way back in the Wayback Machine, you know, back 10 years, we started with very, very simple systems and we started to understand, okay, customer, it would be great if they can quote online. It can be great if we could improve the sales process to allow for it to get to sales easier. Uh, We failed fail a lot, get out there and fail a lot. And you will start to learn much quicker um, as to the processes that you need to um, to bring in, talk to the customers. And if you're at a point, I think as, as marketers, I would say as a developer, if marketers, if you're at a place where you feel that you're having a problem um, in capacity of understanding the, the customer and then building the processes, um, then it might be time to bring in a, a a technical developer to to help in that because i think in tandem um marketing and development uh if you get two people that really understand each other then you can really start to make magic happen because you got one arm focusing directly on the customer and the other arm focusing directly on tailoring process and that's probably the first place to start because then the website starts to answer its own questions. You know, the developer can go in and, and make modifications. You as a team can decide when it's best to do the CMS or that CMS. Um, and they can start to advise as to some of those limitations because I didn't understand some marketing limitations and Beth didn't understand some, you know, integration into the ERP stuff. Um, and so starting those conversations early is, is important too, but don't spend money just to spend money. Make sure you got that. Yeah. And I would say too, like as marketers, like, most of us are doing wearing multiple hats and so i would say try some stuff out even like on your social see what's really 
converting, you know, and then from there, like, okay, let's build some of this out into like landing pages on the actual site. I mean, that's what we did with our cost savings. So we were, I was doing some cost savings posts and they had monumental responses compared to any other of our other posts that we did. So with that, like we've pretty much created a whole cost saving section of the website with case studies that like our sales team can use, customers can look at, whatever. <laughs> yep. Just build it one step at a time, one step yeah. at a time. And it doesn't have to be perfect, you know, right from the beginning, just taking those baby steps and learning from them and improving along the way. That's awesome. One little thing I'll chime in here is like, if you guys are going down the path of a website redesign or restructure is, uh, you know, the structure of your navigation is probably where you're going to want to spend the most time if you are thinking about changing things. Um, because ultimately, and I think Beth, you, you brought this up during the prep call too, like you don't want to keep changing navigation. Like once you set the structure of your site, you want to build it so that you can start to yeah, yeah, exactly. Trees, yeah, uh, exactly. Because anyway. like we're constantly up making updates to the site, but at the core is like our structure. So no matter what changes we make, like our users still know that they can, you know, like access, like type in a part number right at the on our home screen, and it will take them right to the part. And like keeping, you know, the tried and true items that users are actually using in the same spot, so that you're not just messing up their day and being like what the hell? Where did this go? It used to be right here. Man, there's so much we could talk about. Erin, um, you've already kind of floated the the, the topic of uh, bringing Beth and, and, and Tim onto the podcast, maybe. So I think there's a lot more <laughs> we could go into. Um, well, with that, I just want to say thank you. Um, we're, uh, we, we run a little bit long, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Beth and Tim for joining us today and, uh, sharing more about the Fullerton tool website and how you guys have, uh, developed it and, uh, you know, just changed it over the years to be such an awesome tool for your customers. Um, a few things as we wrap up here today, um, kind of a little, Oh, my heart uh, breaks. I'm wearing my Brendan support shirt today. Um, This is Brendan's last IML with us this year because Brendan is going on deployment. Yeah. So I got my little gorilla. Yeah. I'll be going on military leave and I'll be back next January. And we all start crying. Yeah. So you're all great. I love this community. um, And I'm very much looking forward to getting back to you all as soon as I can. Yeah. Well, Brendan, we uh, will definitely miss you and uh, we'll plan a special show for your return Ooh. to just like, you know, catch you up on everything that. You yeah. Did. What happened no. to marketing last year? I need, yeah. I need that. Crying West for Brendan. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Um, but uh, you'll definitely be missed. I know everyone's already saying that in the in the chat, too. Um I also want to say that if you want to keep the conversation going with us and maybe, who knows, Brendan will get some internet access somewhere on another part of the world and be able to ch- jump into the Industrial yeah. Marketing Live Slack. But if you want to join us there in Slack, you're welcome to. Uh, just post in the uh, in the chat here or send us a note on LinkedIn. Uh, you know how to get in touch with any of the gorillas and uh, we will get you invited to the Slack channel. And then um, our next Industrial Marketing Live 
Uh, we are going to be talking about something that I've gotten several questions about personally um, in the last several weeks, uh, which is PR and earned media. Mm. So, um, Aaron, do you want to tell us a little bit about our guest? Yeah. So, um, Eliana Novich works for a much larger B2B agency, and she focuses more into like PR, news releases, earned media, things like that. Um, so, she'll be joining to talk talk all about it. Um, another thing I think we should point out is on the if you're registered for IML on the Zoom invite, if it's if you have it on your calendar, I think it's showing the next IML is February first, since that's technically the first Thursday of the month. However, that's during um, right in the middle of uh, the Industrial Marketing Summit. So this IML, just so everyone knows, is uh, going to be February eighth next time. Yes, it's showing up on my calendar correctly, but if it's not showing up on yours, please send me oh. an email, Warren at gorilla76, email me, and I will help you fix it right now. Um, okay, so, it's wrong yeah. on mine, so. Okay, all right, February 8th with Alina. Uh, we're really excited, and uh, we will see, hopefully, a lot of you in Austin between now and then. And uh, again, just thank you to Beth and Tim, and thank you for everyone to hang for hanging out with us today, and Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. You bet. Thanks, everybody. You too. Thank you. Bye.